the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. You, Gabby. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Friday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and David Dawson. Happy Friday, guys. Happy Damian. Friday, indeed. Happy March 1st. A new That's month true. underway. How do Here you like go. those apples? That's right. Man, I like those apples. Month three of 2024. <laughs> Off and running. Waking up. And getting started. And that's what we're going to do as we always do with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. God, our Father, you called your servant David to uphold the Christian faith among the people of Wales, to encourage them by his observance of fasting and obedience, and to show them compassion through small acts of great love. May his intercession be granted by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. St. David of Wales, pray Pray for for us. Pray for us. We are having a great lineup. We will have a great lineup for you today. Eric Miller starts us off at 7 after. He's part of the Louisiana Knights of Columbus. He'll be giving us an update of what they are up to, and it's a lot. So get your pen and paper ready. You definitely want to take notes during Eric's segment today. In 18 minutes, we are talking to Sherry Salvaggio. She's the interim president over at Cabrini High School in New Orleans. And we are kicking off the first day of Women's History Month with the Cabrini movie. So we'll be talking to Sherry about the wonderful Cabrini movie coming up that I've been hearing so much about on social media. Mm -hmm. It's been in my inbox. Uh, We're going to talk about this and what it means to Sherry over at Cabrini High School. In 35 minutes, Deacon Don Allison joins us. He's a deacon over at St. Aloysius in Baton Rouge, and he's going to be talking about his powerful testimony and what that led him to the diaconate. You definitely don't Mm -hmm. want to miss this. He'll be in the studio with Damian and Dave today. And in 48 minutes, we're taking it over to the Mississippi Gulf Coast with Terry Dixon of the Diocese of Biloxi. He'll be giving us an update of what you'll be finding in this week's Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper. So looking forward to a wonderful lineup today. And Damien, looking forward to your weather report. What do you have for us today? I'm not sure you're looking forward to it, but uh, it is going to continue to be <laughs> cloudy with rain off and on, on again, off again throughout the day, and more than likely throughout the weekend. Not going to see a whole lot of sunshine. Uh, not too heavy rain showers, though, just a lot of drizzly overcast like you live in Seattle all the time, uh, and it's going to remain that way. Looking at the radar, New Orleans, Mississippi, Alabama, Gulf Coast, uh, it looks like that will continue through the early morning hours tomorrow. Uh, Saturday's high is 66. Tomorrow will be a little better with uh, only a 20% chance of rain and a high of 75. Nice. So if you're going to get outdoors, tomorrow's the day. But again, sunshine's going to be not a whole lot. It'll mm. be in and out. 
And then Sunday's high, 78, with a 50% chance of rain. Temperatures in and around the area scattered all over the place right now. In Bay St. Louis, it's 62. In Covington, it's 52. Go on. Over in Homa Thibodeau, 57. 61 in New Orleans, 49 in Baton Rouge. And in Houston, 52 degrees. That's where they're going to be playing the Astros Foundation College Classic, which gets underway tonight. And that temperature and, stays the same. Aren't they indoors? Yeah, they're indoors. Yeah, see, we're okay there. If you're yeah. outdoors, it's 52, though. So, uh, a lot. <laughs> uh, so, uh, go Tigers. Yeah. Go Raging Cajuns. Let's see if we can't outdo those boys from Texas and Vanderbilt. Yeah. All righty. In the meantime, it's five after. It's Friday. It's Wake Up. Good Friday to you. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Matthew chapter 21. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord this has been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they knew that he was speaking about them. And although they were attempting to arrest him, they feared the crowds, for they regarded him as a prophet. Thank you, Father Chris Decker and Jim, and for, thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's gospel. There is no reflection because we have Eric Miller joining us. We need as much time as possible for Eric to give us wonderful details of what the Louisiana Knights of Columbus are up to for the month of March. Hey, Eric, good morning. Go ahead and kick it off. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. I can reflect upon yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, let's reflect. Um, there you go. <laughs> so we do have the reflection after Sure, all. on what the Knights are doing. Let's reflect on that. Well, my reflection was I did a Facebook search on Knights of Columbus fish fries and throughout the United States I think I'm up to like over a hundred so you ought to be able to find your Linton (laughs) fish fry you can't uh, find one at some point during um, so I would encourage everyone to go uh, to the St. Genevieve Council 9769 in Slidell. They have their fish fries, uh, Lenten fish fries going on. Um, the Ascension of Our Lord uh, fish, fish fries are going on in Laplace. Um, so you ought to be able to find uh, a fish fry uh, this today uh, and every Friday during, during Lent. But we've got 
Father Maynard Hurst, Knights of Columbus uh, Auxiliary, is hosting a half-day Lenten retreat tomorrow, Saturday, nice. March 2nd. Um, and so that's a half-day retreat, uh, and you can get information from Don Pusho uh, at uh, his website, um, which is dwpusho at bellsouth.net. Um, or you can get information on the Knights of Columbus website. Uh, so that's going on. We also have the Diocese of Baton Rouge is hosting um, on March 9th a day of prayer, fellowship, and reflection for all Knights of Columbus, Ladies Auxiliary, mm-hmm. Knights of Peter Claver, and their Auxiliary and Catholic Daughters of America. So that'll be at Sacred Heart Church in Baton Rouge from 9 to 5 on Saturday, March 9th. You can get more information or sign up at the website for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. So got nice. that going on. Very nice. We have our bowling tournament coming up uh, March 16, 17, and March 23rd, 24 in Morgan City. Uh, we've got our state Youth free throw contest coming up on March 16th in Lafayette. They wrapped all that up uh, this past week uh, for the Dyson mm-hmm. winners. So the state winners will be off to Lafayette on March 16th. So we've got that going on. Um, well, and Eric, another thing that I saw on your list was the pilgrimage icon, the St. Joseph pilgrimage icon. What is oh. significant about this icon, and, and why is it traveling across the state of Louisiana? It's stopping in various in various places. Oh, wow. It, it is stopping in various places. Um, we are encouraging folks to sign up uh, to at their parish to come and do... Uh, prayers and reflection with the pilgrimage icon. Um, you can get more information on it from uh, our website on louisianakc.org uh, to get where it's going to be next. Um, so contact your local uh, parish, uh, Knights of Columbus Council, uh, see if they're hosting one. Uh, but and Baton Rouge has it in March this month and next month, um, one of the icons, and uh, Shreveport has the other icon uh, this month and next month. Um, so very cool. Would encourage everyone cool. um, to do that. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about probably the most anticipated event of 2024, and that's the Fet Do Do Mississippi of 2024. How are the Knights uh, becoming involved in this wonderful event? So the so it's it it's going to be a big event in um in August because in the past we've done it over in the New Iberia area uh-huh. on the Bayou Tesh and this year it's going to be on the Mississippi River um, and so the Fet de Do Mississippi is going to float from Baton Rouge starting at St Louis Cathedral I mean starting at St Louis Cathedral in Baton Rouge. Uh-huh and ending at St. Louis Cathedral in New Orleans. And it'll be a two-day event. Um, It'll make stops in Donaldsonville and Convent, and then on the 14th, and then on the 15th, stops in Luling and ending up uh, in New Orleans. Uh, So it's it's going to be quite the endeavor. Uh, I will be curious to see can't wait to how see they that. float these boats <laughs> yeah. down the river. I cannot wait to see that on, <laughs> on the Mississippi. That'll be so. cool. 
Yeah, that's okay. That's going to be and so many places that you can stop and watch it as well along the Mississippi. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of a few that we've gone to that are really, really cool. So we'll definitely be continuing to promote that throughout the year. But Eric, where can people go to find out more about the Louisiana Knights of Columbus? You can go to our website, uh, louisianakc.org, or our Facebook site, Louisiana Knights of Columbus. Um, We would encourage every Catholic gentleman over the age of 18 to join the Knights of Columbus. Uh, And you can find that link on our website or go to the Supreme website at kfc.org and uh, look into joining the Knights of Columbus because we would love to have you. And we're so gracious for you. Eric Miller with the Louisiana Knights of Columbus, thank you for joining us today. Y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Well, Sherry Salvaggio joins us from Cabrini High School. It is 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for March 1st. Today we celebrate St. David of Wales. David is perhaps the most famous of British saints and definitely the only canonized saint from Wales. Details about his life are sketchy. He was born around the year 520 and became a priest. He founded many monasteries, the most famous one in southwestern Wales. Life for David and his fellow monks was difficult. They engaged in manual labor, worked in silence, and limited their food to bread, vegetables, and water. David earned the nickname Aquaticus as the leader of monks who drank water rather than beer or wine. At a religious synod held when David was about 30, he proved to be such an eloquent speaker that he was elected bishop. The new bishop was little different from the priest monk. He continued his austere, simple lifestyle. He became a spiritual guide to many and ruled his diocese until he reached a very old age. His last words to his monks and his people were, Be joyful, brothers and sisters. Keep your faith and do the little things that you have seen and heard with me. David died around 589. Before the Reformation, many Welsh churches were dedicated to him. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and David Dawson. And our next guest is Sherry Salvaggio. She's the interim president over at Cabrini High School in New Orleans. And today we are talking about the new Cabrini movie that's coming up. Sherry's going to be giving us a preview of it. Good morning. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Okay. Cabrini High School, how are you guys doing? How's the year been going? Um, what a, and what a perfect opportunity to have you with us on the first day of Women's History Month. That's something you and I talked about to kick off talking about the Cabrini movie. Yes, the Cabrini movie will uh, premiere publicly on March the 8th. So next week, we're very excited. We're looking forward to the movie with great anticipation. Uh, we will have... Um, a wonderful private event before the movie goes public. And then, uh, of course, we are taking the whole school. Everyone will be attending the movie as a school, the faculty, the staff, the students. And we are going to just celebrate Frances Cabrini, her life, her legacy, 
uh, her history and her tradition. And we, we just can't wait. We're so excited about that. One of the things you and I discussed was Mother Cabrini's connection to New Orleans. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that and the history of Cabrini High School? Yes. Um, So Frances Cabrini, uh, originally born in 1850, uh, she lived about 67 years. So she she died young. Uh, She established 67 schools and orphanages and hospitals all over the world. Uh, and one of the places that she personally established was uh, the Sacred Heart Orphan Asylum in New Orleans. Mm. And so Cabrini sisters, uh, also known as the Missionary Sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, um, came to New Orleans in 1892 to establish an orphanage. You know, there was a terrible yellow fever epidemic, and mm-hmm. uh, there were many orphans in New Orleans. And so... Uh, she came to minister to the people who uh, were tragically touched by that terrible epidemic. And so uh, they, the sisters purchased um, a building on St. Philip Street in the French Quarter uh, and opened an orphanage. And it grew and grew, and it was so crowded. She needed to expand. She needed a place, a bigger place to, to help uh, the orphans. And so she expanded to the historic Bayou St. John. Uh, area, just steps from City Park, beautiful mid-city location. Uh, she purchased the land, and uh, and she partnered with a, um, an interesting gentleman named Salvatore Pizzotti. Now, Pizzotti was a ship's captain, and if anybody um, knows that area, knows the mid-city area, knows the City Park area, you know that there's a beautiful uh, gate called the Pizzotti Gate. Uh, if you've ever eaten at Ralph's on the Park, and you look out over the beautiful balcony at Ralph's, you see right across the street a beautiful iron gate. And that gate was um, p- purchased by Salvador Pizzotti. He was the benefactor. Well, he was also the benefactor of the new orphanage that was built uh, in 1906. And so it was an orphanage uh, that he partnered with Cabrini to build. In 1906, mm-hmm. um, uh, he said, you buy the land, Cabrini, and I will build the building. And they did. Wow. And it took one year and one month to get that building built. It's a beautiful building. If you're ever on Esplanade Avenue, just just right in the first, second block uh, as you're coming from City Park, uh, you'll see this beautiful white building, and that's the Sacred Heart, the old Sacred Heart Orphan Asylum. Sherry, this, then, is, uh, um, this is David. The building's still there? We could We could go look at it? Absolutely. So, oh. you know, on the heels of the movie, yeah. uh, we're offering tours. Uh, oh, okay. School groups, professional associations, civic groups. Just call the school. Uh, okay. 504-482-1193. Call the school or go to our website, cabrinihigh.com, and you can um, you can book a tour. What's it used for now? Historic... What's that? What's it used for now? Well, okay, so it was an orphanage. An uh-huh. orphanage through 1959, and then it became Cabrini High School. Oh, Cabrini High. Oh, okay. (laughs) Cabrini High School. So the orphanage became, so there was, you know, in 1959, there was uh, little need for orphanages at that time, but there was a huge need for high schools. Yeah. And so um, the archbishop at the time asked the missionary sisters, the Cabrini sisters, if they would agree to convert the orphanage to a high school, and they did. And so it's been a high school. Uh, We'll celebrate our 65th anniversary of the high school 
uh, this fall. So the high school was established in 1959. We graduated our first class in 1963. And then, um, you know, now here we are, wow. 65 years later. And uh, so it's, a gr- it's an all-girls, all-girls, uh, grades 8 through 12. Uh, and it has been uh, an all-girls Catholic high school since... Uh, you know, for 65 years now, but the building is beautiful. Come for a tour, you'll yeah. see, um, we have wonderful relics of Mother Cabrini, Francis Cabrini. Uh, we have a beautiful shrine, um, dedicated shrine. We have a beautiful museum. Uh, we have her bedroom where she actually slept. She walked on those grounds. She purchased mm-hmm. that land. She she worked and lived on in that building, on those grounds. And then, wow. of course, we have our historic Sacred Heart Chapel. And so all of that would be on the tour. Um, and so, yeah, you can book a tour and come see where the an actual saint lived and worked. And so we're very proud of that. You can, so cool. you can yeah. actually feel her presence on the campus. She's palpable. So <laughs> we... Uh, we say we walk on holy ground at Cabrini High School. Uh, there you go. Sherry, <laughs> has there ever been a miracle attributed to Cabrini in the New Orleans area? Hmm. I know there were okay. some, one in Chicago in particular, but uh, mm-hmm. were there that you can hmm. share with us? I can tell you that we do have a first-class relic, um, and many people come and ask to be prayed for mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that relic. And anecdotally, wow. I can tell you, you know, that people have claimed that they are no longer sick, that wow. whatever their issue was has been resolved as a result. Has has any official accounting of that been recorded? No, but mm-hmm. it's all anecdotal. And so we're, we're very blessed to have um, her first class relic at the school and, and um, yeah. And so we do pray with her relics. I and, nice. And, um, nice. I, but personally, I see miracles of Francis Cabrini every day at that school. <laughs> uh, she, I love it. She, well, she, she makes it. things happen. <laughs> she, you know, she was an incredible entrepreneur, an incredible leader, an incredible business person. That's, she's known for that. And she makes things happen. She, she was born uh, a, a sickly person. Um, she so she had to come overcome a lot of adversity and uh so she was a very resilient person a very determined person and um and so we feel that at school mm-hmm. uh when we ask for her intercession uh she makes things happen it is it is happening at Cabrini yeah. High School. we have so many wonderful things happening at the school right now um, we're, we're hosting a beautiful St. Joseph altar open to the public on March 16th and 17th, uh, Saturday and Sunday before St. Joseph's Day, the weekend before. So from 9.30 to, to 3, and uh, from 9.30 to 5.30 on Saturday, and then 9.30 to 3 on Sunday. We'll be serving lunch on Sunday at noon. So come on and have a nice meal with us. Come see our school and chapel, so it'll be open to the public for St. Joseph's Day. Uh, it's a beautiful campus. We're we're getting it all spruced up from the winter freeze, and it'll be beautiful. Hopefully, the weather will hold, and we'll have a wonderful St. Joseph altar. And we've partnered with the Alenians, an Italian uh, women's uh, civic and social group, um, to present the altar. So the uh, they, along with many Cabrini alumni and students um, and faculty, have worked collaboratively to. Uh, to sponsor the altar, and it's it's going to be beautiful. It, we did it last year; it was amazing. Um, we 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 sold wonderful cookies and had delicious food. So we welcome everyone to come see us 
at the St. Joseph altar. Sherry, also. Wow. Sherry, yeah, you have ahead, some Deb. you have some wonderful events happening happening over at Cabrini High School, and uh, we're just about to run out of time. But um, mm-hmm. is this movie premiere open to the public, or is it just for the girls and the faculty and staff over at Cabrini? Oh no, the public. Um, the public. It, I tell you, I talked to the local theater manager, uh, Matthew Terrio at AMC Clearview. He tells me he's selling out um, nice. March, yeah. beginning of March eighth. He it. had sold out performances, showings of the movie for weeks and weeks and weeks. So go on to the website, AMC's website. You can reserve a ticket. Anyone can come to see the movie. So they have many dates available. And just like Sound of Freedom, it'll run as long as there's interest. There you go. So what's interesting is that the producer, actually the director and the writer of Sound of Freedom, actually wrote this Cabrini film, which is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I've seen clips of the film. Yes. And it is a first-class production. So I think people will enjoy the life of Cabrini and a wonderful movie. Yes. It's brought to you by Angel Studios, and actually on Monday we'll be talking to one of the executive producers, Eustace Wolfington. He'll give us some uh, backstage details and some more information on this movie. But Sherry, uh, we run out of time, but thank you so much for giving us that history on Cabrini High School and uh, uh, just sharing a little bit more about what Mother Cabrini means to you and to the community over there. Uh, You can go to cabrinihigh.com for more information. Sherry, thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Stay with us. Deacon Don Allison joins us of St. Aloysius in Baton Rouge. He's going to be talking about his powerful testimony and call to the diaconate. You definitely don't want to miss it. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. the hour you are tuning your heart to the truth i'm david dawson along with gabby smith and damian Collado. right now in our studios we have deacon don allison he's a deacon at saint aloysius church in baton rouge and uh welcome thank you very much glad to be here we are happy to have you with us and you know what i did a little research on you before you came because uh i love to hear and love to talk to folks who had quite journey, you know, coming into the Catholic faith. And you weren't always Catholic. You came into the Catholic Church in the 80s. Is that right? That's right. It was yeah. 1984. Okay. What denomination mm-hmm. were you before? I was raised in Pineville, Louisiana as mm-hmm. Baptist. As Baptist. Yeah. yeah. So, and then 1984 is when I went to RCIA at St. George, and now it's about to have my 40th anniversary coming up wow. at the Easter Vigil. <laughs> is that right? Wow. It's going to be 40 years? Well, since 1984, so 40 yeah. years as a Catholic. Oh, that's fantastic. What triggered that? Uh, married a Catholic girl. Well, that that that's always the best way. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay, that always worked. Now look, from what I researched, Deacon, uh, you you shouldn't even be here. That's that's what kind of blows my mind. For one thing, as a deacon, but you shouldn't even be alive. I mean, that is quite the journey that you had. You almost died twice. Yes. Talk about talk about that. <laughs> yes, and that's uh, it's, it's part of the journey. So, yeah. Uh, so we're going to have to uh, kind of squeeze a what, sure. what can be a long story into a very very short mm-hmm. period of time. I know, but uh, I had two brushes with death. Okay. All right. First in 1996, I was quite frankly the victim of an attempted murder. Uh, I was shot at very close uh, range in an armed robbery, uh, but obviously I survived. Gosh. Uh, and that that was the that was one of the miracles of my life. Um, and then uh, 2004, 
I had two heart attacks two days apart, and I didn't go to the doctor until I was having the second one. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and so uh, that that was uh, when he was t- he was pretty amazed that and it was hard to explain. He was having trouble explaining how I survived the first one because I didn't go get medical help, and I had 100% blockage in one of the main arteries of oh, my heart. Okay. And so, it, you know, it was a second miracle was that I survived the, the heart attacks. The after, first one, yeah, after, yeah. After, yeah, after surviving the, uh, the gunshots a few years earlier. My goodness. Whoa, that is, okay. Now, were you a deacon then? Were you already a deacon, or oh, no, no, was those, this part of the journey? Oh, no, I, I was on, I've been on, ordained six months now. Okay, I've oh, been, only, uh, oh, I was ordained okay. in, in August. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got a, we got a rookie here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was ordained in August of 2023. Oh. You know, the, the, the attempted murder happened in, uh, two, in 1996 and heart attacks in 2004. My goodness. Yeah. So now, then we could uh, fast forward from there if you yeah, like. Yeah, sure. Uh, and so uh, and I, I retired from the business world in 2019. Okay. And so I... Uh, uh, but in 2017, planning that retirement, of course, the thoughts came to my head. You know, I wonder what you're going to, what I'm going to do in retirement. And my right. wife was wanting to know, what are you going to do in retirement? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, tr- that was the first question yeah. she probably tr- had. Traditional <laughs> things came to mind. You know, uh, golf or get a boat and play on the water That's, and things like that. Yep. Uh, but then uh, I went to the ordination of a friend of mine, uh, uh, Pat Broussard. Yes. Was being ordained a, a priest, mm-hmm. and uh, as a friend, I went to the ordination, and that's where I first got the call. There was a, uh, another guy was being ordained at the same at the, at the same ordination, uh, who's now Father Tim Grimes. Yes. He was being ordained a traditional, I mean a, a, a transitional a tra- transition, transitional deacon. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know what transitional deacons were. I didn't even know what deacons were really <laughs> very much. And so, uh, but that's that's first the first time the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Hey, hey, dummy, pay attention here. There's something going on down there. I want you to I want you to listen to." Wow. And so that's that's when I, the idea to at least explore becoming a deacon first came to me. But it didn't come to me from me. It came to me from the Holy Spirit, no doubt. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Just being at the ordinations. I mean, that's yes. quite beautiful. I mean, yes. there's a lot of inspirations I'm sure that go yeah. on during those ordinations. But yeah. let me backtrack you a little bit. What was your occupation you, that you retired from? Well, I was a CPA for about 40 years, a CPA okay. and, a, and a, a government affairs consultant, another name for a lobbyist, okay. and then a general business consultant okay. also. So kind of a, a variety of things in my career. All right. Okay. So then, so your next step then, you're inspired right there at this, mm-hmm. at the, at the um, ordination that yep. was, uh, going on there. And uh, you decided, okay, that's it. I'm going to become a deacon and jump right into uh, formation or what well, happened I, there? Well, I looked into it. And uh-huh. so... Um, and, and there's a process that's happening right now. We, we, maybe we'll talk about it before we finish. Sure. But there's some meetings happen every spring mm-hmm. where men that want to discern the diaconate go to these meetings and learn more about it, find out what it's all about, and and try to uh, you know and let in the in the church uh, representatives meet them and make presentations to them. And mm-hmm. it's a, it's a two way uh, dialogue and where the, the 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 men decide if they would like to proceed and, and the church decides if, if if they want to invite the men to proceed. Don, share your story about the forgiveness aspect, though, of the okay. person that, who that wanted is, to kill you. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Now, he, uh, he was caught and convicted and sentenced to uh, 95 years in prison, but after 20 years, he got a parole hearing. And it, I went to that parole hearing and opposed his parole, mm-hmm. um, and he was, it was denied. Uh, but he said some things at that parole hearing that struck my heart, too. Uh, and so I started wondering... I wonder if I did the right thing. And my wife even asked me, do you think you did the right thing today? And I said, well, I don't know. i got to find out. So I went through a long process. It was like a three-year process. That, that parole hearing was in 2016. The next three, I spent the next three years determining 
what kind of person he is? Who did he really become? Did the things he said at the parole hearing, were they true? Right. Uh, and so um, I ended up uh, uh, finally in meeting him face-to-face at the end of that process. Learned a lot about him from other people along the way, and that's when I decided to uh, forgive him. And then I went a step further, and uh, at that face-to-face meeting, told him I'm going to go. I'm going to actually do uh, do more than that. I'm going to I'm going to help you get another parole hearing, and I'm going to testify in, in favor of your parole this time. And that's what I did. Wow. The parole hearing happened, and he got he got uh, released, or he got his parole got approved that, at that time. And now we stay in touch. Uh, we have lunch on occasion. <laughs> Uh, he lives in Baton Rouge. He's got a great job, and he's he's a productive member of society, and he's he's a great example of how uh, people can change their lives, yes. especially over time. Right. And, and the ones that do, the uh, people that are that are in prison but change their lives deserve a second chance. My goodness. And uh, I'm I'm real active in, in 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 efforts in a group called the Louisiana Parole Project. That's what we do. We help find those people and, and help them get a second chance, and then help them succeed once they once they return to society. That is amazing because our first nature is not. Mm-hmm. I mean. Look, if this guy's pointing a gun at you and pulling the trigger with the intent of killing you, that's quite the leap to say, okay, not only am I going to forgive you, I'm going to help you get parole. It's a John Paul II moment. My goodness. In a way. Uh, Did that have any impact on you, seeing what the Pope had done? Uh, uh, well, or, I, it, or you it, didn't it was, even pay it, much attention to that. It was kind of that. a distant memory. It, it, you know, yeah, it happened many years ago. Because that happened a lot yeah, further yeah, ahead. Yeah, part of it. But... but uh, that was, uh, you know, and that, that has led to me now as, as as a deacon. I got involved in prison ministry even before I was before I was ordained. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I would have never had any interest or even know what that was if I hadn't gotten thrown in the criminal justice system through this through this experience. So that, again, mm-hmm. the hand of God there. And so these two brushes with death were were, were part of my journey. And I often look back on them before I even got into the diaconate. Like, why did God spare me twice? I should have yeah, died twice. Right, now, you know? right, right. What's that all about? It's almost like it, it, that those things really happen. I'm not even, I don't even, I don't even feel like uh, they, they were they were real. And, and why did He save me from from death? Looking back on it now, I think it all makes sense. He My had something goodness. in mind for me. He wanted me to be a deacon, and he he, he kept throwing me back, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and, uh, and and throwing me back into the into the or the the live world, and I, so that I could I could continue the journey or even start the journey he had in start mind for me. Yes. And and but uh, so he he he's the one. It's his hand that, that helped me survive both of those. Those incidences, uh, and and then now it makes sense. So I got the call to the diaconate. I went through the process. He led me through the process, um, and so uh, I, I I can only thank him for for all that. And now again, it, all the the questions are answered, and, and things have kind of come together in, in more clarity yes. now about why why those things happened to me. It's amazing how some of the hardest things that we go through lead us into the best directions we've ever gone. Right? Yeah. So that is yeah. amazing. Okay, we got all of them. We don't even have a minute left. Do you have any messages for anybody considering the diaconate? I sure do. I want to. We're trying to spread the word about about some meetings that are happening right now. Like I mentioned, the ones I went through back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there's a series of five meetings happening. There's we've had two of them. There's three more coming. Coming up in March and April, uh, where, where men can come learn more about the diaconate Great. and see if it may be for them. March 16th at St. Thomas More, April 6th at St. Thomas More, and April 20th at Fran U. Uh, so anybody that's interested, uh, you know, you can you can just attend those meetings. Uh, if, if somebody wants more information, they can contact uh, me at, at St. Aloysius. Uh, my information's on the website there at St. Aloysius, and I'd be glad to answer any questions. Man, that is fantastic. Uh, uh, we're we're going to see if we can't find the link so we can put it on our uh, Facebook page as well.
well. So Deacon, sure. Don Allison, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, boy, I wish we had more time to talk. That was that was really great. So thank you for joining us. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's my All pleasure. Right. All right. We come back. We're going to talk to Terry Dixon. It's 45 past the hour on Wake Up. minutes before the top of the hour on this Friday morning, March 1st. Thank you for joining us and tuning your heart to the truth with us now is Terry Dixon, Director of Communications for the Diocese of Biloxi, and he is also the editor of the Gulf Pine Catholic newspaper in that area, and we're going to be chatting about the March 1st issue, which is out and worth looking at. Good morning, Terry. Good morning and happy March. Happy hey. March. You're right, brother. Okay, <laughs> well, the diocese, everybody's been talking about the uh, National Eucharistic Pilgrimage, and come to find out, looking through your publication, it's going to be passing through Biloxi. Share with everyone what what some of the events are going to be surrounding it. I know it's still a little early, but it, it's not that much early. It will be beginning May 17th through 19th, there are four routes that our community is part of the Juan Diego route, beginning in Brownsville, Texas, at the U.S.-Mexico border, and it'll follow Texas's eastern border through Corpus Christi and Houston, and continues through New Orleans, Louisiana, Biloxi, Mobile, Atlanta, Nashville, and Louisville, on its way to join the other pilgrims at the National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis. Yeah. We're expecting the pilgrimage to come through our diocese June 9th through 14th. And there are several parishes where we will have Mass and Adoration, and you can find those on the Diocese of Biloxi's website, www.biloxidiocese.org. And let me mention, if you would like a keepsake of the Eucharistic pilgrimage, we are selling Eucharistic Revival shirts. Oh, and yes. There's more information about yes, that. Yes. And yeah, Eucharistic Revival t shirts. Damien, you should buy one. Well, yeah, I, nice. I, I think I will. <laughs> it, 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 I, love the, I love the slogan you have on it. I love the Eucharist and T Boy Dixon. I think that's no, great. No, it doesn't it's say that. It's right across no. the <laughs> Yeah, it's a Damien's custom oh, shirt. I, got, I get one now. <laughs> See what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. You're going to want to get a T shirt. I want that T Boy T shirt. Hey, I, I noticed that five days in Biloxi, I'm amazed because the Eucharistic pilgrimage is not planning to stay that long in any one city or area. Is it due to all the casinos? You think that might be why they're going to be there for five days? Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that's exactly it, Damien. <laughs> hey, poor, poor Terry. I mean, us, us Catholics like to okay. have a little fun too. Golly. Okay. Anyway, uh, well, I hope you get I a lot of free play. Stop off and um, probably take in an Engelbert Humperdinck concert. There you, you know, go. Have a buffet. Yeah, that's what the Eucharist hey, is all about. Speaking okay. of special events. <laughs> Y'all just celebrated the Year of the Dragon. A lot of Catholics, uh, I was surprised that the Catholics participate in something like that. Give us some details, because that's on the front cover of the publication. It is a very big celebration amongst our Vietnamese Catholics, and we had two separate celebrations, one on February 10th at Holy Family Church in Past Christiane, and another at the Church of the Vietnamese Martyrs, in Bluxy mm. on February 17th. Bishop Kinnaman came, celebrated Mass, 
that was part of a big weekend festival that takes place every year. A lot of um, food and entertainment, um, the traditional dragon dance and all other kinds of traditional um, events that are tied into the Lunar New Year celebration. It really is worth coming to and checking out. Um, I didn't get to go this year. My neighbor brought me some egg rolls, so I was very <laughs> happy with, with that. There you but. go. It is a, a great <laughs> celebration, welcoming spring. In fact, uh, it, it's the biggest holiday that's celebrated in Southeast East Asia, from what I, I read. So uh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's a very colorful celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, it, this wasn't necessarily an article, but I wanted to bring it to the forefront and maybe make people aware of it. There's a big, big pilgrimage, and they're calling it a pilgrimage of a lifetime, Iberian Peninsula pilgrimage with Father Dominic and uh, Paula Spears. Share a little bit about that in case somebody wants to go. It's 15 days total. Oh, wow. 15 days, October 28th through November 11th of this year. And it'll be going to Madrid, Toledo, I assume that's not Ohio, no. <laughs> Barcelona, Montserrat, Lourdes. Um, we'll be visiting the Way of St. James, and Father Dominic is a very dynamic and very outgoing priest, and I, I think he'll be a great guide, and there's a full-page write-up about that, uh, that trip in this week's paper, and that'll give you all the information you need to... Um, um, check it out and join in if you'd like. And uh, last but definitely not least, we always like to touch on some events coming up in and around the Biloxi Diocese area. Share with us some of the top two or three that, that are on your list, Terry. Okay, so this weekend we have the Latino Springs Festival at Blessed Silos Church in Biloxi. That's on Lemieux Street, March 2nd and 3rd for uh, 8 to 8.30 p.m. on Saturday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. There will be authentic Latino food, tacos, pupusas, tamales. Uh, there will also be children's games, live music, a folk dancing program. Damien, you can come out there in your new T-shirt and <laughs> yes. do some folk dancing. Do some folk dancing. <laughs> there you go. Got to see that. Maybe even do a little you with dollar bill. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I'm going to wear that new T-shirt. I'm I don't get. even want to. Okay. <laughs> on, on, March, on March 16th, Father John Deere will give a talk on the gospel of peace at Our Lady of Fatima Church in Biloxi. That'll be from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. He has just written this book, The Gospel of Peace, the first ever commentary on the synoptic gospels from the perspective of active nonviolence and the tradition of Gandhi and Dr. King. For more information, call mm-hmm. Father Greg Barra at 228-297-2482. All right. And last but not least, uh, you got a little info on the Rock and the Bay because Dr. Rock and the interns are going to be playing. They are going to be playing, and that's going to take place on March 23rd. And Yeah, from 6 to 11. Like to get some more 6 to 11. It'll have a $10,000 drawdown, a silent auction, and live music by, as you said, Dr. Rock and interns, as well as a lot of food and <laughs> opportunities for great <laughs> fellowship. You and bet. you can go to the... You can go to the saintstan.com website for more information. Yeah, the proceeds help the athletic department at St. Stanislaus, and that's always good as well. Terry Dixon, as always, my friend, good to have you. 
lot going on in Biloxi. Keep it going, and uh, we hope to see you soon. Have a great weekend. All righty. Terry Dixon, Director of Communications for the Diocese of Biloxi, editor of Gulf Pine Newspaper. And if you ever head to Biloxi, you can go online and take a look at that, BiloxiDiocese.org. You could find the... Uh, the website for the newspaper there and find out what's happening. So they you got a lot going on. Go to a few events, yeah. too, besides just going and sitting on the beach or whatever your little heart desires. Okay, wrapping up the week with a prayer. St. David of Wales, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, you call your servant David to be faithful and wise steward of your mysteries for the people of Wales. Merciful Mercifully grant that following his purity of life and zeal for the gospel of Christ, we may with him receive our heavenly reward. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here Monday at 7 a.m. Central Time. We're talking to the University of Holy Cross. Their annual crawfish cook-off is coming up, and we will give you all of the details. Lonnie Thibodeau with the Bayou Catholic Magazine of the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau will update us. Alan Migliorato, co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today, talks about raising Catholic teens in today's world. And of course, we'll talk about Eustace Wolfington with the Cabrini film. He'll give us details on this powerful movie. Also, thank you to Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and Karen Cotton, our video technical director, for an amazing show today. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.